Hello, and welcome to the Football Manager Diaries, the football manager podcast that tries to forget that it's just a game. I'm your host, Andy, aka first team manager at Dobe FC, George Youngman. Today, as I record, is April 1st, 2023, and we are deep in the thick of a relegation scrap. When I last left you at the end of February, we were sitting in last place in the league on the back of another 2-2 draw at home against Brynje Grosuplje. I won't spoil any of the games we played in March, but let's just say things are looking a little better now. Let's get into it. On the 1st of March, I got a couple monthly update emails from Luka Simovic, the president of the club. First one was the financial update. Um... I'm still not really sure why Luca insists that I need to see this. He sets my spending limits, I spend his money. If the finances are in trouble, that's a whole lot of not my problem. Maybe give me a lower budget if you think I'm spending too much? Anyway, club is in about $50,000 of debt, and the outlook is not great. Projections that he sent me say that our debt is going to double by the end of the season. I still don't see why that's my problem, but it does pretend perhaps lower budgets in the future. Next up, I got my monthly performance review. Luca gave me a C+, which I guess is fair enough after only two competitive matches in charge. Luca basically said, so far so good, but I'm still waiting to see how things go. He did specifically say that he approved of our transfer business, which is kind of funny, because half of our business was just him selling a player on his own. If you remember the Clemen Eustine sale. I guess he also likes the Fink loan, though, so that's nice. He also forwarded me an email from Amade Grosic, the spokesman for our supporters group. The supporters group also gave me a C+. They just don't have any strong opinions yet. That's fine. Hopefully I can win them over, though. The last monthly update email was from Silvo Hochevar. He's the player liaison officer. He told me that there are no major issues in the dressing room, but that we should maybe be a little bit worried about losing Kunstelia's leadership at the end of the season. That's that 43-year-old midfielder whose contract expires at the end of the season, and we are not currently planning to renew. The leadership vacuum might be a reason to consider perhaps offering him a new contract. Eh, I don't know if it's necessary. We'll see, though. So training was decent in the week following the BG draw. We had a tough game coming up against league leaders Fujinar, and the boys put in a good week of training. I was proud of them for working hard, and it seemed like they really believed that maybe we did have a chance to take something off of one of the top teams in the league. So that brings us to March 5th, match day. The only changes to the team are Giga Avbeil and Tibor Stankovic. They're missing out due to the injury and suspension, respectively, from the previous game. Tade Rems and Max Pogachar came into the team for them. All told, that means we went into this big game against Fujinar with the following lineup. Fullbacks were Ivan Makovic on the left and Team Zidane on the right. Centerbacks were Giga Deichman and Darko Mitrovic. The midfield was Tade Rems behind Max Pogacar and Jaka Kasnik. Forward line was Edvin Krupic on the left, Christian Šipek on the right, and of course our boy Gasper Cherna as the number nine. The bench was Fermashek, Ribic, Turkush, Petek, Verhovnik, Kunstelje, Kiglar, Zenkovic, and Levek. 
maybe I was a little naive, but I was actually kind of felt like maybe we could do this. Training was good and the boys looked hungry. We were ready to do battle in front of 99 of our fans plus one lonely traveling Fujinar fan. It's 100 total people all in all. That's pretty typical for us in terms of attendance. Things looked good early on. In the seventh minute, Krupich missed by inches. Shipek won the ball up high, played in Cherna, who drew in the defense, and he laid the ball off to Pogachar, who found Krupich cutting in from the left wing. What a beautiful team. Almost goal. <laughs> Things were quiet until around the half-hour mark, when Kasnik fired one off the post. Cherna had some lovely hold-up play. He found Kasnik in a ton of space in front of an open net, but off the post. Dang it. Cherna already, though, was having a fantastic game. He might not have done a ton on the ball. It's not going to show up in the, in the score sheet, but he was really disrupting the defense with his movement. They looked scared of him. Just a few minutes later, we had another chance, but headed it over the goal. I didn't see in the scrum whose head it bounced off of. But man, things are looking pretty promising early on. But man... Things were looking pretty promising early on. Another few minutes later, in the 39th minute, Sheepak scored! He intercepted a back pass, dribbled around the defender, who is the intended target of the pass, and he won the one-on-one -on -one with their keeper. What an amazing solo effort. We're on top! At halftime, I told the boys to keep going! We're in the lead! The second half started out kind of quiet. Things slowed down a little bit until the hour mark. In the 61st minute, Shipek turned provider. A long through ball from him to Cherna. Got Cherna in one-on-one, -on -one and he finished it easily. 2-0! A couple minutes later, I subbed off Makovic. Uh, he was just getting tired, and he was a yellow card away from suspension. Uh, I made some other slight tactical tweaks just to try to set up shop and close the game out. The nerves that I was feeling earlier on came back when, in the 79th minute, they got a goal back. Yeah. Uh, it was just a simple cross and volley. The goal scorer was just wide open in the box. It was it was just poor defending. There's no, there's no sugarcoating it. In the 81st minute, we came so close to putting the game to bed. Long ball from goalkeeper Fink found Krupic down the left flank. He played this just beautiful ball to put Cherna into space, but their goalkeeper, Ariane Renner, made an incredible save. So close. I was just hoping that we didn't come to regret that missed chance. And the next 13 minutes... I don't think I looked away from my watch for more than like five seconds. I was just counting down the seconds until the game ended. And when it did, the whistle blew. That was it. My heart just it felt like it was going to leap out of my chest. I couldn't believe what happened. We won. We beat the best team in the league. Let's go. Shepek, absolutely player of the match. Oh, and by the way, that same day, Triglav lost, so we pulled even with them on points, just one point away from safety. Let's go! After the match, I was expecting to have the usual private party with Roke, the journalist in the postgame presser, but some guy named Luca Kampara just showed up. I don't know, maybe we're attracting attention now that we're actually winning games instead of these 2-2 draws. So the next weekend after that, there was a full slate of cup matches scheduled 
but we were already eliminated from the cup under my predecessor, which gave us a weekend off, which was actually kind of nice, to be honest. I played a bunch of our like squad players and backups with the under-19s, just for fitness purposes. There really wasn't anything else worth mentioning in the time, though. Leading into our next match away against Beltinki, the team was completely unchanged. If it ain't broken, and all that, you know. So yeah, let's get into my first away day. Right off the bat, within the first minute, Makovic got a yellow card, which cemented his suspension for the next game against Kirka. The, the ensuing free kick was dangerous, but a nice save from Fink did bail us out. A few minutes later, their keeper made a great save on a Cherna shot, so I guess that made us even. Again, another great save by their keeper denied us a goal in the 15th minute. It was all dope early on, though. We just weren't able to score. How many times have I said that already this season? Ugh. Finally, after what felt like an hour or two, but was actually just 23 and a half minutes or so, Cherna broke the ice. Tap in, set up by a long ball to Shepek. They are dangerous together. 1-0 to Dobe. Shepek and Cherna generated another chance about a minute later, but Cherna was unable to finish that time. 1-0 is the score at halftime. We're well on top in everything but possession. I personally would much rather have possession control the game, but I wasn't going to tinker mid-game with a formula that was working. I told the players I was happy. Let's get back out there and keep going. About 10 minutes after the break, they equalized. Yeah. Fink made a decent save on the original effort from left winger Jan Bruno Kral, but he couldn't hold on to it. Fink, that is. The rebound fell directly onto striker Gal Grobelnik's feet, and there was no chance he was missing from there. What a bummer of a goal to just have that rebound fall directly to their striker. In the 77th minute, I subbed off the tiring Krupic and Pogachar for Nick Levek and Miha Verhovnik, respectively. I also swapped Kosnik and Verhovnik's roles, so Kosnik is now going to be the one getting further forward from the midfield there. In the 79th minute, Levek is clattered in the box, and the ref points to the spot immediately. Penalty kick for us. Levek dusted himself off, and he took the spot kick, and it went in. Right off of keeper Domenzver's fingertips. Two to one for Dobe. We're back up on top. So we tried to set up shop and just kill the game off at this point. It looked like it was working until the 88th minute when Grobelnik scored on a direct free kick from right outside the box. Tried to start attacking again to get a winner, but it was just not to be. Another 2-2 draw. Honestly, though, that's not a bad result away from home. We were unable to climb out of the relegation zone, though, as we would have with a win. But we did at least move off the foot of the table. We're in 15th at this point. Hooray! I expect we'll need around 10 more points to secure safety, and we have nine games left to do them. This is doable. So after that game, it wasn't exactly a case of back to the drawing board, but I did make some tactical tweaks before the next one. I did not enjoy having only 36% possession in that game. So I decided that we were going to try to control the next game just a little bit more. Unfortunately, in the lead-up to the final game of the month against Kirka, Yaka Kasnik was injured while jumping for a header in training. The medical staff said it was a pretty nasty calf strain and expect him to miss four to five weeks. Not ideal. That definitely complicated the midfield situation a bit. 
But training looked great on the new system. It's always a little bit scary to change midstream like we did, but I felt that I had to do something to change things, if for no other reason than to prevent another 2-2 draw. Edvin Krupic and Uros Rastoka, you'll remember Uros as our very bad goalkeeper that we were stuck with uh, when we first joined the team. They both got called up to the Slovenian under-19 team for a Euros qualifier against Hungary. Pretty cool for them, but that meant that they would be unavailable for the trip to Kirka. They ended up drawing 1-1, and Krupic scored the goal. Good for him. So yeah, with the Krupic absence for international duty, the Kosnik injury, and the Makovic suspension, I did have to make some tweaks to my 11. I still tried to put out the strongest team possible. I don't really feel like we need to rotate the team too much right now. The games are coming at a pretty steady one-per-week pace. So I made the following changes. Krupic on international duty was replaced by Zankovic. And Makovic, who was suspended, was replaced by Ribic. And Kasnik, who was injured, was replaced by Stankovic coming back from his suspension. Now Stankovic could have played in the previous game against Beltinki, but I decided not to make changes to the team because we won, and I didn't want to mess with the winning formula. So that means that our starting 11 for the game against Kirka was, of course, Fink in goal. Left back was Ribic, right back Zidane. Center backs were Deichmann and Mitrovic. Defensive midfielder was Avbeil. And our two central midfielders were Verhovnik and Stankovic. Our two wingers were Zenkovic on the left, Shipek on the right, and up top was, of course, Cherna. On the bench, we had Fermashek, Rems, Turkush, Petek, Pogachar, Kunstelia, Kiglar, Gregorin, who you might not have met yet. I don't know if I've mentioned him at all. And Levek. Gregorin, who I'm not sure if I've mentioned before, uh, his first name is Simon, spelled like Simon, but pronounced Simon. He's a decent backup. Um, he can play on the left wing. He can play up top as well. His ball control is pretty solid. He's got a decent shot on him. He is in great shape, runs pretty quick. He's, you know, not as good as uh, Cherna up top, of course, but, you know, he's a good bench option at least. So yeah, that was the 11 and the bench for the game against Kirka. And now let's get into what happened in the match. In the beginning of the game, almost literally nothing happened. In the entire first half, the game just kind of got bogged down in the midfield. Total of seven shots across both teams. We had a lot more possession, but now we're not creating those chances. It seems like maybe I overcorrected a little bit too much and swung things in the opposite direction. It wasn't until the 68th minute that we got our first real chance of the game. Ribic almost scored an incredible goal. It was a free kick from like 25 to 30 yards out that hit off the crossbar. Oh, what a goal that almost was. About 20 minutes later, in the 86th minute, I made four subs and some tactical tweaks to try to get a goal before time ran out. Mitrovic, Zenkovic, and Ribic all came off the field due to yellow cards. Cherna came off for fatigue reasons, just trying to freshen up the legs, bring on some fresh legs all over the pitch. Hopefully, I thought that would help with the more direct system we were trying to switch to just to find a goal. Let's just 
get it launched, you know? I was almost a genius just a minute after I made those subs. Verhovnik, who's one of the guys I brought on, played a long through ball to Levek, who was also one of the subs that I just brought on, and he missed. Are you kidding me? It, just inches wide of the post. That was it. That's basically how the game ended. Nil-nil. I don't know, at least we still haven't lost. And it wasn't a 2-2 draw. Is that progress? I don't know. But that's six in a row without a loss for the club. I wasn't around for that first for the first game of that streak, but it's apparently a record-long streak without a loss. Yikes. Not not great that, a, that six in a row is a record. Uh, Triglav won that day, so we are now two points behind them. Uh, and then, yeah, another week without a game, so we did the same thing. Played a bunch of the squad players in with the under-19s just to try to build up some fitness, keep them sharp. Training, though, was excellent, so I think I'm just going to stick with this new system for now, for the most part at least. It seemed to work. We controlled the game. We just need to make some tweaks to, you know, actually score a goal, which would be nice. That brings us to today. April 1st. Coming up in April, we've got a full slate of matches. We play four games in four weeks. Those matches are home against Alumini, who are currently 11th, away against Rogashka, who are in third, and then back home against Rudar Velenya in second, and then a trip to Ilaria, who are in ninth, to finish out the month. We got some tough games coming up. We're playing 11th place, 3rd place, 2nd place, and 9th place. We play two of the top three teams this week. Got some tough games coming up, and we really need a win or two before the season ends to ensure our survival. Got a total of eight games left, including the four that I just mentioned, and we're currently 15th of 16 teams. Two teams go down. We're a single point behind Triglav now for safety. The first tiebreaker in this league is actually head-to-head -head results, not goal difference like you see in most European leagues. So we are right behind Triglav, like I mentioned. We lost to them 2-0 in our first meeting. That was before my time. We play them later on in May, so that's going to be a huge game. If we win by three, we would take the tiebreaker over them, meaning if we finished even on points, we would get the position. We also play Bilya in May. They are the team that is behind us in the table right now. They're behind us by one point. So it's going to be a fascinating run-in. I think April is going to tell us a lot about what we need to do in May. And May is going to be really stressful, <laughs> basically. So yeah, that about does it. I've got some tactical tweaks to work on, so I'm going to run. Before I do, though, this episode is a little bit shorter than I would like, so please get in touch if there's anything you want to know that I haven't talked about. We did match reports to cover the general goings-on around the club. Do you want more detailed match reports? More talk about individual players? More news about my universe in general? Or something else? Please let us know. You can get in contact with FM Diaries on Twitter at FM underscore Diaries or Andy at Andy underscore Sport FC. You can also email the pod at fmdiariespod at gmail.com. Please do get in touch with any and all feedback, questions, or comments, and maybe give your correspondence answered in a future episode. Please don't forget to subscribe to the feed so you never miss an episode. And if you like the show, drop us a rating or a review and tell a friend about the show. Until next week, keep on managing.